thanks very much. Little woohoo. Is it because I'm going away for a week and you'll be, uh, you'll be shot of me for a bit? Um, Jamie won't, of course. He'll have to put up with me. Um, if you are new here and you don't know who I am, I'm, my name is Rich, as has been intimated already, and I'm one of the leaders of the church here. You're very, very welcome. My job basically this morning is to explain what's going on. If, if you have been to this kind of church or this kind of baptism before, you may be very excited for the person that you've come to see getting baptised. You might be really kind of geared up for it. It's a great day. If you're not used to this kind of church or you're not used to seeing someone baptised, certainly as an adult, you might be a little bit unsure. You might be thinking, what, what exactly is going on? What, why is this happening? To be honest, you might even be a bit concerned about them. Have they gone a little bit odd? Have they gone a little bit religious? What's going to happen to my pal that we used to get on with and now they've gone a little bit weird? I want to try and explain to you why that is not something to worry about. I will give you the headline first of all and then we'll delve into some details. The headline is, in a few moments, we're going to take them over to this box full of hot water and we're going to put them underneath the water and we're going to pull them up again. That's it in a nutshell. Is that clearer? I'll explain why, because that doesn't help nearly everybody. Um, Let's start with what's not going on, first of all. And this is worth getting out of the way. Clear the decks. What's not going on? Nobody is joining a religion this morning. No one getting baptised is doing this because they're joining a religion. Also, let's get it out of the way. There's no holy water in that box. Okay? No No one has kind of found a special holy spring in, in, in the Holy Land somewhere and bottled it up and sold it on at vastly inflated prices. To fill that up, we stuck a hose on a tap and then filled it up with southern water, river water. That's all it is. We've, we've warmed it up to make it a little bit more pleasant, but there's no holy water going on there at all. Nothing's going to magically change anybody either today. No one's going to get in get baptised and come up and, my life, you can see the difference. They're sort of shining and glowing and they've they've got an aura around them and they talk very, very softly after that. That's not going to happen either, if you thought it was. The reality is, when we put them under the water, nothing is going to happen to them other than that they're going to get wet and then we're going to bring them out again, just as you would expect. It doesn't do anything to them. And especially when we baptise these people, they're not going to become Christians. Baptising people doesn't make them become Christians. Actually, the reality is they're doing this because they've already become Christians. It's a kind of mark of something that's already happened to them. I suppose one way of thinking about it is you think back to the, the Olympic Games, the highlight of the, the, the national summer, wasn't it? It was, you know, if you were like me, you were, you were getting ready in the typical British style to the greatest sporting event this country's hosted for decades. You were getting ready to it by thinking, it's going to be a bit rubbish, isn't it? We're, we're, we're going to mess it up somehow, aren't we? Beijing was fantastic. What's Britain going to do? Is it, is it all going to be a little bit cheap and cheerful? There'll be people dressed in sort of, uh, you know, dressing up costumes as beef eaters, marching around trying to look cheerful. And then it arrived, and actually it was fantastic, wasn't it? It was outstanding. I couldn't believe it. It was, we finally pulled something off. Good. I was surprised not to be called up for the national team myself, but apart from, (laughs) I don't know whether there was a problem with the post or the email or something, but... Given that one glitch in the system, perhaps it cost us a medal or two, I don't know, I'm not here to say. 
But we did pretty well, didn't we? And then over and over and over again, we got to see the kind of the British teams receiving medals, which was great. The key thing to realise is when they get the medal, in one sense, that doesn't mean anything, does it? You don't get the medal, you know, when you're, I don't know, maybe you get a bronze medal in the 200 metres and you're awarded it, that isn't the event itself. You've already achieved what you set out to do sometime beforehand, when you ran the race, when you came across the finish line in third place, leaning forward desperately like that, trying not to fall over. Getting the medal just recognises something that has already happened. Are you with me? Yeah. Baptism's just like that. It's recognising something that has already happened. It's recognising the fact that the person being baptised has already become a real Christian. And we're going to try and unpack what that means as we go on. You see, a real Christian is not somebody who has gone religious. It's not someone who's decided to do a lot of good deeds in their lives. A real Christian is not someone who's been christened as a baby or baptised as a baby. It's not someone who goes to a church. Certainly not someone who gets baptised in this. None of those things make you a real Christian. And what a real Christian is not either is someone desperately still running the race, trying to be good enough and make themselves good enough and acceptable to God. That's not what a real Christian is. In some sense, a real Christian has already crossed the finish line. And the baptism is a recognition of it. Now, we'll deal with what exactly that means in a minute, because some of you are thinking, I see where this is going. A real Christian is somebody who thinks he's better than everybody else. A real Christian is somebody who thinks she's made it. Oh, in terms of goodness, I'm over the line. You can imagine them looking back at all you other people, all not good enough, not like me. That's not what a real Christian is, and I'll make sure we're very clear in explaining why that is in a minute. But what a real Christian is, is quite simply someone who has reconnected with God through Jesus. A Christian is someone who has started a genuine, meaningful, day-to-day, real, connected, personal friendship with God. No longer is God a distant philosophical abstract, but actually he's someone that we know and are connected with. The reason that we exist is to know God. That was the fundamental message Jesus came to bring us. We exist to connect with God. We connect with God is the reason why we're here. And maybe you felt, I'm not connected with God. Maybe you feel actually you're not really connecting with life. Do you have that kind of feeling that as you go through things, everything's kind of all right, but I'm not quite getting it. Things are happy and I'm enjoying work and family and friendships and sport. But there's a feeling that there's something just, just kind of just out of your field of vision. Something just over your shoulder. That if I could take hold of that, suddenly then life really comes into focus. And you're not sure what it is, but you, you, you kind of imagine maybe it's if I get that promotion. Or if I start that new relationship. Or if I lose a few pounds. Or if I get the latest gadget. Or if I go to that festival or that event or see that band or that team. Or if I make this cut or achieve this. And you think maybe that's the thing that when I I grab it, then life really comes into focus and makes sense. But actually you find that each time you do that, there's still something just out of the corner of your vision. There's still something over your shoulder that is kind of niggling you, that life isn't really working. It's good, but it's not quite delivering. Maybe you feel you're not really even connecting with yourself. And you feel kind of a bit weird and disjointed at times. There's times when everyone else is having a laugh and it's fun and you're just feeling a bit, I don't know, inside. 
These are all symptoms of the fact that we exist to know God. And when we don't connect with God, and when we don't know God, everything else, good though it is, fails to deliver. Because we're trying to make good things into the ultimate things. And they were just never designed to do that. There's something in us as people that wants to reach out above and beyond ourselves. Wherever you go around the world, however you look back in history, there seems to be this underlying desire in human beings to connect with God or a God or the spiritual world or the divine. There's, there's something about being human that seems to want to reach out. You just study human civilization anywhere and you'll find it. Even those places in the last century where the government worked phenomenally hard to wipe this out, to declare we are an atheist state. You can think of the Soviet Union or China. We, we are an atheist state. No one here believes in the old superstitions of God. They work hard to keep it down. There's something in people that seems to still want to reach up. And we find even when it's suppressed, people are reaching up. It's like those little plants you get that poke up through the kind of tarmac. You know, and you think, how does that work? How does a little green shoot get itself up through tarmac? I can stamp on tarmac. It's solid. I'm not getting anywhere with it. You can poke it with your finger. Nothing's happening. You can take a little plant, if you like, and push it against it, trying to make a hole in it. It doesn't work. And yet there's something. Those little plants, they just push up and grow. And what was a nice kind of pavement or driveway, suddenly you've got these little guys bursting up through them. There's something about human beings that whatever we try and do pushes up because we want to connect with the light. We want to reach God. It's somehow hardwired in us, even in a culture like our own. 21st century Western Europe, the most atheistic society the world's ever seen. In terms of percentages of people who would say they believe in a God. And yet even here we find all sorts of people just trying to push through the asphalt. Trying to go through the tarmac to connect with God. Why? There's something in us. Listen, maybe that's why you've come this morning. Maybe you've come just to be a friend and see someone get baptised. But maybe there's something in you as well, reaching out, looking for something more. I want you to know it's there because God loves you and wants you to know him and that's why you exist. You can think of us as little satellites around a planet. Think of a little communication satellite. What does it do? It orbits the earth and its, and its whole purpose is defined by orbiting the earth so people like you and me can bung it into our sat-navs and find out how to get to Scotland or wherever. I'm told you drive north generally speaking. And so the little satellite goes round and round and round and it's in orbit and it's centred on the earth. And it makes sense that way. And we're designed to exist and centre our lives on God. To put him at the centre. But we don't like that idea, do we? We don't like the idea of something else being central. So we want to be like a satellite that comes out of orbit and starts heading off into space. And we're much freer, we choose our own destiny. We decide what the purpose of life is, but utterly utterly pointless because when a satellite that's designed to provide communications departs from orbit and flies off outside the solar system it's got no point it's got no meaning when human beings people like you and me designed to connect with God stop connecting with God and just fly off in our own way try and choose our own way of defining what life's all about and what gives us satisfaction we are disconnected and we feel disconnected and there's something just out of our field of vision just over our shoulder nagging us tugging at us calling us to come home and to reconnect. And that's what Jesus came to do. Jesus' whole mission was to reconnect us with God. It wasn't a question of 
he came to tell us to be nice or to love everybody. It was more profound than that. And Jesus was a real person. And Jesus' mission is not something that's we've kind of cooked up over the years and the church has invented. There's a kind of a view that, oh, it's all myths and legends and you can't really tell what Jesus was all about. Maybe some of you think, yeah, Jesus, yeah, we know, yeah, he's the story we tell at Christmas. That's fine. It's one for the children. It's like Father Christmas or the Tooth Fairy. Maybe some of you think, look, it's just too long ago, 2,000 years ago. Whatever happened then, it's irrelevant to my life today. But I want you to know that's not the case. There's a wealth of evidence for the existence of Jesus and for who he was and for what he claimed to do. And what he claimed to do was extraordinary. And this is important because Christianity is not a philosophy or a set of ideals. If it was just a view, I think maybe we should live like this, then you could say, well, I think we should live like this and we've got two opinions and they're both equally valid and that's great. But Christianity, the faith that these guys getting baptised today have committed their lives to, it's not a philosophy or a set of ideals. It claims deliberately to be based on real historical events. It claims that Jesus was the Son of God, come to earth, living as a human, who lived a perfect life, who died a death on the cross, executed in our place, taking away the guilt and the sin that we build up when we stop connecting with God, and that he rose from the dead so that we can know God again. That's what Christianity claims to be based on. And the brilliant thing about that for people like you and me is if it's claimed to be based on historical events, we can investigate. It's not just a question of let's sit up late at night saying, well, I don't know. What do you think? You can investigate. You can say, show me the evidence. Show me how I know this is true. Where's the proof? How do I know Jesus said that? How do I know Jesus rose from the dead? Was he really God? And you can look and investigate and dig into the evidence. That's what we do on our Alpha course. Several of the guys here getting baptised have been on our Alpha course. Well, we look at it and we explore and develop it. We've just literally started one, as Jeff was saying. We're only one week in, but there's still time to join. If you come away from today and think, I want to know a bit more, you can come along this Thursday. Hop on the bus. It's only just started moving and we'll find out a little bit more about it. But what Jesus came to do was to reconnect us with God, not in any of the classic ways that we think. Be good, be nice, try harder, run a little bit harder in that moral race trying to connect to God. Jesus certainly didn't come to give us religion. Jesus came to reconnect us with God himself. He came, if you like, to be the bridge, the connector. That bridges the gulf between us and God. He came so that his life and his death was the thing that brought us together with God. So if you think your mates getting baptised today, oh, they've just gone religious. No, they so haven't. Religion is always a good attempt to deal with a serious problem that never quite works. Religion is when you do set things at set times and say certain things in certain ways and follow a certain moral code in the hope that somehow if I run fast enough I can get across the finish line, maybe not for gold or silver, at least I'll catch a bronze. Religion is all about I'm going to do some stuff to try and please God, to make him accept me. And that's the opposite of Christianity. Christianity says Jesus has come and done all that stuff for you and offers it for you as a gift. Christianity says Jesus ran and he crossed the finish line. And instead of doing what you or I would do and take the gold medal and never take it off for the rest of our lives, but walk around to the shops and around the streets like this holding it up. <laughs> gold medal, you'd be walking up to the counter to pay, wouldn't you? There's my card holding the gold medal. Oh, oh, this little thing. Oh, 
Yes, I won that in the Olympics. Would you believe it? Do you want to touch it? Five pounds. <laughs> if I ever do win a gold medal, I'm going to make a fortune out of it. It'd be like you put it on your mantelpiece, everyone comes round, there'd be big arrows pointing at it. I might even get a tattoo of arrows like that, pointing into the middle of my chest so that when I'm on the beach, everyone can see my gold medal. But Jesus didn't. Jesus didn't achieve what he achieved, this perfect life before God, and then say, look at me, aren't I great? He took the medal off and said, I will give this to you so that you can know God, so that you can find the reason for your existence. And becoming a real Christian is not running your guts out to try and be good enough to God, to try and be acceptable. Being a real Christian is accepting Jesus' gift, and he puts the medal around your neck, and it says qualified, good enough. I've achieved all God wants me to achieve, not myself, but he did it for me. That's what a real Christian is. It's getting our life back in orbit around God. Because we've already been accepted, because God loves us, and through Jesus has allowed us to come back to him and know him and find the reason for our existence. Religion can't do that. Religion is rubbish. Religion is like going out to dinner with your favourite celebrity and finding that they've put a cardboard cutout propped up on a chair opposite you. And you can pose for the photograph and you can show your friends, look, there's me having dinner with David Beckham or whoever you want to have dinner with. But everybody knows it doesn't cut the mustard. It's not the reality. Religion gives you an impersonation of a relationship with God. It's like putting a sticking plaster over a tumour or taking aspirin to deal with terminal cancer. Good effort, you're doing something, but it's not real. What is real is reconnecting with God through Jesus. Not being good enough, but knowing that Jesus was good enough and he connects me with God. That's what a real Christian is. You, you, to become a real Christian, you, you've got to do three things. You've got to realize that you're not going to do it yourself. Number two, you've got to trust that Jesus has done it all for me. Number three, you've got to hand over the keys of your life. You say, Jesus, I'll give them all back to you. You get in the driving seat, Jesus. You open every cupboard, every drawer, every room in my life is yours. Because I want a God-centered life. I want to get back into orbit. And in doing so, we get washed clean, forgiven. All the guilt, all the shame, all the dirt that we've picked up through not living the way we should live our lives. And we know we haven't. And it all gets washed away, which finally brings us back to baptism. Because baptism, where we take these guys and push them underwater and pull them back up again, is, if you like, it's an acted out picture of a spiritual reality. What's it a picture of? It's a picture of someone who's being dirty, being put underwater and made clean and coming back up again. But it's on the inside. When you become a Christian, when you give your life to Jesus, when you reconnect with God, everything dirty inside you is washed away. All the things you're ashamed of, all the things you know you shouldn't have done, all the things you should have done but didn't, all the times you were cowardly and backed off doing the right thing because of what other people would think, all the times that you refused to do the right thing because it would cost you, all the times you decided to keep God out of your life or put God in a box under control and not let him have your way, all the times you're treacherous to people that are friends or family and you betrayed them in things you thought or said or did, all those things... Maybe even things that people have done to you that make you feel tainted and guilty and ashamed, even though you were the victim. All of those things, when we come to Jesus, are washed away on the inside, completely clean. And that's what baptism is a picture of. 
Now, you could say it's not a very good way of getting washed. Parents, if your kid's idea of getting washed was to run a bath and to go, in, out, I'm done, you wouldn't be very impressed. It would be like, if you're my generation, if you're my kind of age, you'll remember the, the kind of the challenge you had at the end of PE lessons uh, after school. The challenge was to convince the PE teacher that you've had a shower without actually having had a shower. Yeah, do we remember it? Nowadays, I'm told they don't have to do that sort of thing. Health and safety or something like that. But it was the classic challenge, wasn't it? So, you know, the final whistle goes, right, boys, in and get changed. And everyone's running faster than they've run for the last 45 minutes of football or rugby or whatever. They're sprinting in. They're in the showers. They're getting the microsecond water. of. I've got my hair wet. Quick, get your clothes on over your muddy knees and your muddy elbows. And the PE teacher comes in. Have you had a shower? Feel the hair, sir. And sometimes that would do, and sometimes he would say, really, why is your towel dry then? He'd say, oh, I'll just dry naturally. <laughs> and often when it comes to washing, quick is not good enough. But the baptism thing, it, it tells us three things, really, about, about how we're washed inside. I mean, there's not even any soap in there, for crying out loud. How's that going to make anyone clean? Well, because actually three things really work uh, for this picture. The first one is it is instant. When you come to Jesus, you are washed clean instantly. It's not the start of a lifetime's process of scrubbing away at your soul, trying to improve yourself. Oh, I haven't failed again. I'll try harder. I'm trying to run the race. I'll try and run harder. When you come to Jesus and give your life to Jesus and become a real Christian, everything is washed away right then and there. Past, present, future. So that you know for certain, oh my life, I'm clean, I can connect with God. So when we baptise them in, out, it's a picture of when you come to Jesus, clean, bang, done, forever. The second thing it's a really good picture is it's done completely. We're going to push them right underwater and we're going to pull them right back up again. That's a really good picture as well because when you come to Jesus, you don't just get a little bit clean. He doesn't deal with most of the bad things you've done, but that really bad thing that you know about. He can't forgive that. That's not the case. Just like we're going to put them completely underwater, when you come to Jesus, you are completely washed clean of every single tiny stain or blemish in your heart and in your mind and in your soul. Every little thing and every big thing. The great big thing, maybe for some of you, it's the thing that you know I can never tell another living being what I've done. And I know I can never look God in the eye because of what I've done. Even that, Jesus will wash away if you come to him. And the third thing is it's uh, humbly. You're washed very humbly. You'll notice that there's going to be Jeff and myself holding them, putting underwater and bringing them up. Because coming to Jesus is not something that you do and say, Jesus, I'm going to come to you. And do you know what? I'm going to wash myself completely clean. You don't come to Jesus and say, just give me the scrubbing brush, I'll sort this one out. You come to Jesus and say, actually my best efforts at making myself clean are going to fail. Jesus, I want you to wash me clean. I want your life and death on the cross and resurrection to take away my guilt. And he does it all. Do you know how much you contribute to making yourself a real Christian? Nothing. Nothing at all. You just come and say, Jesus, I really need your help. I'm going to trust that you can do it and I'm going to live for you. And he takes away your guilt. He washes you clean. It's not a lifetime of trying to earn it. Becoming a real Christian is bang, in a moment, it's all done. The medal is hung around your neck. 
And then you spend the rest of your life living a God-centered life, not because you have to or because you're worried that it's all going to go wrong if you don't, but because you know that's the way that makes sense. Because if I'm a satellite, what makes sense is orbiting the earth. If I'm a Christian, what makes sense is living with God at the center of my life, living his way. And we don't do it perfectly and we wobble and get things wrong here and there, but we know we've been washed clean, we've been accepted through Jesus. And baptism is a great picture of that. So I want to finish with two points. Number one, this is not something for religious people. In fact, religious people don't do this. Because religious people are the people that say, I'm keeping God happy by doing my little set rituals in set places and set ways and living a good life and I'm running the race as well as I can and I'll hopefully get there in the end. Religious people don't get baptised because religious people want to give something to God. Real Christians realise I can never do it myself. I'm coming to get baptised to show that I've accepted it through Jesus. And the second thing I want you to know is this is for everybody. This is for everybody. Jesus' offer of knowing God, of reconnecting to God, is open to everybody. It's open to you. If you are not a Christian here, or you think, I don't know what I am, or I'm not sure what I believe, I want you to know, God loves you. God loves you. And through Jesus, he's made a way for you to come back and reconnect with him and live a life with him at the center that makes sense, that is no longer always catching something over the corner of your eye, behind your shoulder, but it actually becomes front and center and fills your vision and you see and connect with God and go, that's what my life is all about. And as you give your life to Jesus, you work it out. That's what a Christian is. Some of you today may be intrigued by this and you may be thinking, I would like to find out some more about that. We would love to help you. Please feel free. Come along on another Sunday. We're doing at the moment on Sundays a series called Tough Questions. We're looking at all the big questions people ask of the Christian faith. Why does God allow suffering? What's God's problem with sex? How can a God of love send people to hell? Does God even exist? We're looking at those on Sundays. It may be helpful for you. We're running the Alpha course. It may be helpful for you to hop on week two this Thursday and see what's going on there. You may even just want to do a little cheeky bit of business, you and God. Here's what I often tell people. Pray a little cheeky prayer. And the cheeky prayer is this. God, I'm not sure you're real. But if you are, I'm interested. Please show me. And there won't be lights in the sky, probably. But maybe, just maybe, the door starts to open a crack. And God says, are you interested? And things start to happen. And you suddenly start to hear the, f- the footsteps of God almost coming up behind you in things that are going on in your life. Or maybe you're just thinking, I need to get on this now. I can't wait. Maybe you're thinking, and even if I'm talking, you're thinking, I need that. I need to become a real Christian. I want what these people have got. If that's the case, you can do it right where you are right now. You don't need anything religious. You don't want to help you. You just, where you are, while I'm still talking, you pray in your mind and you pray, God, I've got it wrong. I've got it wrong. I want Jesus to connect me to you. I'm going to turn away from doing wrong and I want to live for you. And you can pray it and that is you giving your life to Jesus. And if you mean it and if you're handing over all the keys, you can't do it and say, I'll give you, I'll give you my life but not my finances or what I do at work or my buddies or what I watch on TV or my sex life. You have to hand over all the keys to become a real Christian. But you can pray and do that right now. You can pray and do it while we're baptising these people. And you can reconnect with God through Jesus. And if you do that, we would love to talk with you and discuss how we can help you on from there. But you can do it today.
So that's the message for everybody. If you've been a Christian 20 years, isn't it great to know that? We're connected with God and our sin is washed away. If you're not a Christian, I think it's great for you to know that you can know God. And if you're one of the four guys getting baptised today, I think it's great for you to know that you're not doing this to try and reconnect with God or become something. You're doing this to celebrate what God has already done for you. You're receiving the gold medal, which tells you, do you know what? It was done a while ago. And that's where we're going to go this morning.